Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. So let's get into the word of the Lord. The scripture says in Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse number one, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Somebody say, A ruler. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads. Somebody say they're heads of the children of Israel. Amen. If you'd put your Bible down and help me pray, let's ask God to bless our time together as we get into the Word. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you are still God alone. You're on the throne, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would encourage your people, Lord, that you would bless your people as we look into your word together. Let it speak into our lives. Let it, let it raise up somebody, I pray. In the name of Jesus, let your spirit even be poured out tonight in this house, in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Why don't we clap our hands and worship him together one more time? Come on, would you lift up your voice? Serve a great and awesome God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Thank you for being here tonight. And we're at 715 on the dot, so we'll see how soon the plane uh, goes to its ascent and then descent into where we're landing. As Pastor says, I don't know about horses and barns, but, uh, you know, so I'm going to use airplanes. But, uh we're going to get into it here today. I want to I teach, but I also want to preach, and I don't know, we'll just see how this comes out, but really you're just in Emilio's Bible study, and uh, this is something the Lord dealt with me about uh, this past week, and so I was wondering why he would deal with me about it, but now I know. Here we are. Amen? And uh, so I'm really just teaching to myself, but I hope you get something out of this as well. And I was reading... In the book of Numbers, uh, chapter number 13, and uh, this particular morning last week, I just opened my Bible, and I was right there, and I was reading right there, and those words I had you reemphasize just jumped out at me. They They just jumped out at me, and they convicted me. It's funny how the Bible does that sometimes. You know, the, what does it say? That it's like a sword. You know, I don't know about you, but swords are sharp. And they're meant to cut things. And he literally said it, it cuts, it divides, it, it separates. It sometimes is going to hurt a little bit. All right, but God was working on me because something I didn't really think about, I knew, but something I didn't really think about is who these spies were. Who were these spies? They were rulers and they were the heads of Israel. If you recall, in the book of Exodus, chapter number 18, uh, Moses 
is, is having a conversation with his father-in-law who's come to visit. And as a father-in-law often has, he has some wisdom that he gives him. And the wisdom was that, uh, hey, you're way too busy, Moses. You, you, you literally see people in their needs all day long from sunup till sunrise. And you don't have time for this. You can't even spend time with the Lord because you spend all this time dealing with the day-to-day of the people. And so he made a suggestion. Jethro said, hey, like uh, what, what, what you should do is put some people that you can trust in charge that can help with the day-to-day matters. Amen. And it reminds me a lot of the church. It reminds me a lot of even the New Testament church that we are, that we help out. We give a hand. We, we sign up every single year for in our ministry fair to serve in ministries. Some of you are so blessed in this house that you're a gatekeeper of a ministry. You are the head of a ministry. And I'm just crazy enough to believe it, just like it is in the Bible, that there were heads of Israel that Moses assigned, for the Bible says that Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said, and Moses chose able men out of Israel and made them heads over the people. Rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, rulers of tens. I believe that that has some significance to us. Even here in this church, you know, I, I... I don't think any job is too small in the church. But it all matters, and it all works together for his purpose. Amen. We, together, from our camp of 10, our camp of 50, our camp of 100, all the way to the thousands, we make up the church. And you, being a saint in this church, because it's midweek night, I'm talking to the saints here tonight. You're one of those rulers. You're one of those heads. You're somebody in the kingdom of God. Point at yourself. Say, I'm a somebody. Amen. I know we're not supposed to have pride. I know. But you're, you're somebody. God has found you. Do you realize that? God put you here for this time, for this season, for a purpose. Amen. He has a plan for your life. He has something that he wants to do through you. And we have to look at it that way, that it's a blessing to be in the house of God. It's a blessing to serve in the house of God. Amen. I am so blessed. Paul said it this way. He wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12. He said, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul had it right. He, he understood it's a blessing what we do. Amen? It's a blessing that God counted us faithful enough to put us and give us a job and give us and make us a piece of the family of God. We're the body of Christ. Amen? We're all part of that body of Christ, and we ought to treat it that way. And we ought to have the right mindset that I am a head in the church. I am a part of the church. 
Amen. And he goes on. He says this. He says, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. What Paul was saying is that I used to be an unbeliever. You know, we talk a lot about how you're a believer. Paul, simple analysis here that he's putting together is there was a time that I did bad things because I was an unbeliever. But that all changed. I became a believer. Somebody say, I believe it. Amen. You ought to believe in the word of the Lord. We, are, we do the things we do. We serve God. We don't persecute. We don't do any of those things he listed there. We're not a blasphemer because we're a believer. And if we're a believer, then we ought to have faith. Amen? Faith. You ought to have some faith. Even in trying seasons. Even in difficult times. Amen? Even in hard times. We ought to be faithful to the Lord. We ought to be a believer. Amen? Because this, he says, And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. He gives us his abundance. Amen? What did he say to the Ephesians? He said, uh, he wrote, Paul wrote in his letter that he's, he does exceeding abundantly, above all that we could think, above all we could ask. He is that kind of God. And we ought to believe it like that. Somebody shout it out loud. Say, I believe it. I know what you're thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that, Brother Garza. I get I'm supposed to have faith. But you can't have a faith with a frown on your face. I'll say it this way. You can't have unbelief and, and belief at the same time, really. You kind of can, but they're kind of at war with one another. And that's why that man, I believe, he said, what, what did he say to Jesus? He said, help thou with my unbelief. I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I don't know about you, but I need that help sometimes. I need that reminder from the Lord sometimes that he is a God of abundance. He is a God that meets every single one of our needs. He's a God that cares for us. You can cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Hallelujah. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I believe that he can do this. Romans says it this way. He, he wrote in, in the very famous chapter, of chapter 8 in the book of Romans, he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? What, what's going to separate us from God? Are any of those things going to be able to separate us from his love? No, he says, no, we're more than conquerors. And then he said in verse number 38, For I am persuaded... That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He was persuaded. I, I want to be persuaded. Simple as that. In my everyday life, 
When things don't look quite like they should, when I'm unhappy, I got to be persuaded. That's the question that I want to ask you. Do you need some persuading? Do you need some persuading? For him to even put it out there that way, that implies to me that there are people who are walking in this thing, but sometimes our faith just wavers a little bit. Sometimes storms come. Sometimes it's a little hard. Amen? But we have a God who's faithful. We have a God who can take care of us. We have a God who's never lost a battle. And you ought to let the Lord persuade you on a Tuesday night that he's good. That he's above it all. That he's, all, he's got it all in his pocket. What do we say? He's got the whole world in his hands, right? Amen. He's got it all together. Our God's not panicking. When a global pandemic hit, we were panicking. I got to be honest with you. I was panicking. You were panicking too. Don't, don't, don't look at me like that. When you got bad news, you were panicking. My God don't panic. He doesn't panic. He's in control. And so I'm preaching to us on this thought tonight. The Lord is with us. He's with you and he's with me. He's with us. It's as simple as that. Uh, Isaiah says this. He says, fear thou not. In Isaiah 41 and 10, if you're taking notes. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Amen. I'll strengthen you. Let me just dwell on that for a minute. You feel weak? Don't be dismayed. I'll be your strength. I'll give you what you lack. I will help thee. Can, can I just testify for a minute? I, I, I just, God is just so good. I'm telling you an old story. I'm not telling you a new story. That's none of your business right now. <laughs> no, but God's doing it. You wait. I'm going to have a new story soon. God's doing it. Hallelujah. Long ago, my lovely and sweet wife and I were newly married, and we've been married for 10 years now. Can you believe that? Wow. She stuck with me for 10 years, people. You want to see, you want to talk about a saint of God? She's a saint of God. Yes. Amen. Patience. Yes. Speaking that long suffering. Believe it or not, we didn't have a lot of money. And we just did as, as best as we could. Some months it was just ramen. And that's all we ate. Some meals was, there ain't no ramen anymore. <laughs> but we, we just did our best. Amen. I'll never forget that we made up our minds. We said, we're going to put the Lord first. And we just kept paying our tithe and kept paying our offering and just kept giving. And little by little it came. But in that season where it wasn't coming, 
Amen. I used to laugh because every time anything came in the mail that had her name on it, it was a check. Anything that came in the mail that had my name on it was a bill. And there were times, I, I know some of you probably aren't going to believe this, but I'm I, I telling you that God's honest truth. There were times that we, we were just giving in faith. We were just giving as much as we could. We, we gave till it hurt to the church. And there were times I'd be driving home, and the Lord would speak to me and say, there is a check in your mailbox with her name on it. And it's for this much. And I've given that to you. And then there are other times. This is probably about a six-month period. I'd be driving home, and I feel that again. There's a check, and it's this amount, and it is in your mailbox. But that's for me. Give it. I said, okay, God, we just gave. We just gave. And he just kept blessing. It just kept coming. Be not dismayed. I'll help you. Hallelujah. He can meet all of our needs. Hallelujah. He takes care of his children. Amen. I've come to testify to you. You might find yourself in need today, but he can help you. He can take care of you if we'll just fear not. The Lord is with us. The Lord's with us. The Lord's with us, Brother Nate. You got a reason to smile. You've got unmerited favor. We did nothing to deserve the blessing we're walking in. But who, so who are we to be afraid? Who are we to be afraid from where we're at? Amen. That's what the children of Israel were up against. For in the Bible, the scripture tells us that there was only Caleb of the spies and Joshua who joined in on the good report. Just two who had some good to say about their situation they're in. But the scripture tells us all the way back here in Genesis, I'm just going to flip in my Bible, I've I just got this in, in the Bible, you know, instead of a iPad here. All the way back in Genesis. Where am I at? Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12. The Lord spoke to this man named Abram. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will Show thee, and I will make thee. Somebody say, he's going to do it. I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Amen? Praise God. So Abram, the Bible says, departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and he was 75 years old. Somebody said, that's pretty, that, that's pretty bold of you to make a life transition like that at 75. Amen. And Abram took 
Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. Somebody say Canaan. This is the same Canaan that we're talking about over in Numbers 13. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere. Just, just walk with me for a minute, okay? This is the same place, all right, that they're headed to in the Scripture. And so Caleb comes back, and he's got some good things to say. Now, if you study this out, if you study out Caleb in history, you'll find that the Jews have some extra biblical accounts. And I don't, I don't take this as Bible, but I do think that it is helpful and so hear me out here. Somebody say, I'm going to hear them out. There is a Jewish text that, that there's many of these texts known as a midrash, if you ever heard of it before, that the, uh, in Judaism are very sacred to them. And it's basically like a commentary on the Bible. And in a commentary, a midrash of, uh, of Caleb, it, it says that Caleb was devoted to the Lord and to Moses. I could, I could agree with that from what he had to say in Numbers 13. How about you? Amen. But it says this, which I think is interesting. All right, so hear me out. Hear me out. It says that he split from the other scouts and he went to a graveyard. And that graveyard was the plot of land where Abraham's buried. Because I don't know if you know this from reading your Bible, but that's where they ended up dying and being buried. These forefathers from long ago, their bones were there in Canaan. And here's the millions of the children of Israel at the front door of Canaan, the land that God had promised them. And so Caleb says, I love the grapes. And what also is an account of that, too, is that he tried to bring back a grape, but they wouldn't let him, all right? So I don't know if that's true. But he said, I like the grapes. I like, I like what I see here. But I've got to go visit a graveyard and pay some respects while I'm here. And that did something to him because we can see it in his attitude. He was a different head of Israel than the other heads of Israel because I believe, hear me out, he understood the significance of that moment. He understood that there's bones buried here of our forefathers, that there's promises that were made to Abraham that we are going to see come to pass. Child of God, how many times have you heard of a revival is going to come. How many times have you heard that there's going to be a hundred soul revival? How many times have you heard that there's going to be an end time revival? And you say, well, that was just something the old timers said. No, Caleb believed it for himself. There was something inside of him that said, these bones are here. And they had a promise that they never saw come to pass. And they literally had with them the millions there 
they had the bones of Joseph with them. Because Joseph said, don't bury me in Egypt. When you come up out of this place and you go to the land of Canaan that God has promised us, you take my bones with you. And so here's Caleb. He has the bones with him. And yet he is headed into the promised land to be the very first one to spy it out. I don't know about you, but I would be excited too. I would be thrilled too. And I would have a good report too because I should know better. You're a child of God. You should know better that our God can take care of you. You should know better as a head of Israel that he can take you all the way to the promise. You might be waiting on a promise in your life, but I've come to tell you here tonight that you can trust God for it. You can believe God for it because every word he's spoken, he will fulfill it. He is not a liar. He didn't misspeak. Our God is a faithful God. He's an able God. Others might have died not ever seeing it. Others may have not made it that far. But you're going to make it that far. But you're going to see it happen. But you're going to see it poured out. Come on, I believe that for your lost family. Come on, I believe that for your lost community. Come on, I believe that for these cities around us. In the name of Jesus. They were leaders, yet they couldn't believe that God could help them overcome this final obstacle. Just look back. Look at all the other obstacles. Abraham's told he's going to have, like, the stars in the sky. And yet they can't even have a child. And then when they have that child, the Lord speaks to him to sacrifice that child. But in spite of all that, they make it to, to Egypt. But then in Egypt, it doesn't get much better. They get enslaved. They get persecuted. But what does Exodus say? Exodus says that the more that Pharaoh persecuted them in Goshen, the more they grew and multiplied. They weren't like another nation. They weren't like Egyptians. They just kept multiplying. Praise God. I, I, I know that, that sounds kind of funny to me. I'm sorry. I just I have a sense of humor. I just, you know, I could just imagine. They got 12 and 15 kids. And the Egyptians could barely have two. But we went from Abraham who could have none. And now here we are multiplying until there's millions of them. And then the Lord, with his mighty hand, delivered them out of that land. They were persecuted. They were slaves. But God delivered them. God brought them out. There was all kinds of challenges from there on. And now they're here, and there's giants, and that's too much. That's just too much. We just can't. You know what? It's just, it's just man. Brother Jeff, we just, I don't know what we can do. You know, they're just, 
it's just, it's just, it's just too challenging. There's just no way that we could do this. But the bones that are in those fields are your bones. Amen. I don't know that whether it's true or not that he had visited those graves. But I, what I do know is Caleb had the right mindset. For he said this. He, he, he saw victory. Where others saw challenges, he saw victory. Because he said this in Numbers 13 and 30. He said, we are well able to overcome it. In spite of all the other heads around him. Saying, oh, it's just so terrible. It's just so hard. There's just no way we can do it. His words were, we are well able to overcome it. In Numbers 14 and 7, he said, it is an exceeding good land. Amen. He said it's a good place there. He had good things to say about it, not bad things. It matters what you say. Amen. It matters what you say. You know, I, I, I know it's not my place. I'm just going to say it. I'm just because if there, there, I know that none of you have said this, but if there's a spirit and a demon out there trying to confuse or whatever, uh, you know, us saying that, you know, or somebody saying that, oh, you know what? Uh, I just don't know about kids' revival. You know, we're going to do a kids' revival. Man, we're going to have kids' church on Family Sunday. No, we're going to have kids' church, and it's going to be awesome. positive. Speak life. Amen. It's going to be revival. Kids are going to receive the Holy Ghost. I believe it in the name of Jesus. We're going to see a demonstration. We're going to even see adults receive the Holy Ghost. And I bind every spirit that would try to have a bad report. I speak a good report in the name of Jesus. We will see outpouring. We will see harvest. Come on, I told you at prayer the other night when I had the opportunity to lead us in prayer, I told you, I said that you ought to prophesy it. You ought to pray it down. It doesn't need to just flow from here. It needs to flow from there. It needs to flow from your mouth. Speak positive. Speak life. It is an exceeding good land. And he said this in Numbers 14 and 8. He said, if the Lord delight on us, then he will bring us into this land. In other words, he said, God can do it. It's not too hard. If the Lord delights in us, if he chooses to do it, he can do it. All by himself he can do it. He don't even need any of us. He can do it all by himself. He can do it with a David and his armor bearer. And there's just one sword in the camp. And Saul's hoarding it for himself. And they say, give me that sword go take care of this myself. Amen? 
That's the kind of God we serve. Amen. He can do it. Somebody say, he can do it. Amen. Only rebel not, he said in Numbers 14 and 9. Amen. How are we going to get the Lord to delight on us? Well, it comes from us doing the right thing. Our part's not complicated. Our part's easy. We just be there and be in his love and have something good to say and don't rebel. And what? What does he say? Neither fear ye the people, for they are bread for us. I like how that sounds. Man, I like what Caleb had to say. I like bread. And look what he said. He, he was prophesying before a, a TV evangelist ever thought they were. He was prophesying before they ever had a microphone. Because he said this, he said, they are bread for us. Why? Their defense is departed from them. I'm walking through this real slow. You walking with me here tonight? Their defense is departed. He, he spoke it. He said, they, they can't even defend themselves against what God is going to hit them with. You're talking that Joshua is going to walk in to one of the most fortified cities in the entire known world in that time. And what Caleb has to say about that is they don't have any defenses that can withstand us. Without even realizing it, he prophesied that those walls would crumble as the children of Israel marched in and claimed their land. Are you hearing me? We ought to speak that way. We ought to speak that way when enemies come against us and something's withstanding us. We ought to say their defense is departed from them. They can't even defend themselves against the Lord. Our Lord is a mighty warrior who can take care of any enemy that tries to withstand us. Fear not, for they are bread for us. Hallelujah. And the Lord is with us. Somebody say that. The Lord is with us. Fear them not. You should know better than anybody because you're ahead. You're a saint of God. Are you hearing me? We're a royal priesthood. Amen. You're a royal priesthood. He was writing to the church. That letter wasn't just to some preacher. No, he's saying you're the church. You, the church, you're his royalty. You as the saints of God, you are his royalty. Amen. The Lord's with you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to see you through. Amen. Where some people see trouble, they're only looking through the eyes of their flesh. But when we look through the spirit, we should see victory. We should see that their defense isn't even ready for us. We should see that they are bread for us. And we should see that the Lord is with us. like those other heads. They were duds. They shouldn't have been named heads. They should have been named duds instead. The duds of Israel. 
Because there was only one head out of all those spies. Because it was in him. There was no convincing him that the obstacle was too big. Because he said, God has brought us all this way and our flesh and our bones are literally there. We've already claimed it in the name of Jesus. And thus, it's done. Somebody say, it's done. It's already settled. I don't know about you, but I, I, I just, I'm persuaded. I know, I know, I'm bringing you to be persuaded here, but the Lord persuaded me as I began to seek this out. Amen. The scripture says, Paul wrote to the Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant. Somebody say a servant. Amen. I, I, I preach about this almost every time I preach to you. I don't know why. God just keeps taking me to this. That word form of God is the same form of a servant. And it means that he was completely God. This is a oneness scripture in your Bible. Because we understand that Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. He was the form of God. But Paul made a powerful point. He said, just in passing, he said, yeah, he was God in the flesh. And it's one God. However, he was also in the form of a servant. He humbled himself for us. Let that mind be inside of you. The mind of a servant. Somebody say a servant. I'm going to challenge us from the New Testament here now. I hope you're, I hope you're ready for this. Amen. We got to throw out this stinking thinking. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was God, he was also a servant. Are you a servant? What did Jesus do? He grabbed the towel and he washed the feet of his disciples. That ought to be us. Hey, we're the head of this thing. We ought to have a positive report, but we also ought to be willing to do the work. Ahead? Are you a saint in this church? Yes, you are. And you get God's unmerited favor. You get his blessing. You get his love. He is with us. But he expects us to serve him. Amen? I don't know about you, but I want that mind in me. He said this to the Ephesian church. He said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Amen. You ought to be walking in that with worthy, being worthy of it. Amen. Be a blessing. It's simple. Be a blessing. You know, I, I, I know I'm the administrative pastor. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to make this plug. This is just what I feel in the Holy Ghost. When it's time for Awaken Conference, be the first one to say, how can I help? What can I do? When we got a new missions work, and you do this, but I'm just, I'm just reiterating. You ought to be the first one. How can I help? 
How can I support? How can I give? Amen? This is who we are. Oh, it's getting real quiet around here. Do you love me? I hope you love me. If you're going to go to heaven, you got to love pastor. But if you just love me, then, oh, well, you got to go to heaven because of, for that too, you know. All right? Just not as important as pastor, but, you know. Please, I hope you love me too. Paul wrote about the example of that, of the children of Israel in the desert in 1 Corinthians 10. And he said, these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. They lusted for things. That, that word lust, I know is pretty powerful, but really their lust was just their discontentment. If you analyze what it is in the scripture, they, because the scripture says it this way, neither be idolaters, some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. All right? They're, they're playing games and they were just discontent with God, with his care for them. Eat the manna with a smile because you could have nothing. <laughs> Blessings from heaven falling, quail from heaven falling. We ought to be happy with that. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell one day, three and 20,000. I don't even need to go there. You know what that means. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. It matters how you speak. Amen? I know. Life ain't perfect. But we don't have to complain. I love social media sometimes. It makes me laugh. It makes me smile. Especially like our good neighbors page here. I'm just going to be very honest with you. There's sometimes people go on there and they don't want to do anything but complain. And so I find people don't know what to do with that information. So thus they complain about their complaining. And then you have another jump on there, and they're complaining about the complaining about the complaining. And it's, it's funny to see. You know, if, if you need to find something on the Internet, you don't have to ask the good neighbors of Woodland. You could just use Google for that. <laughs> but they're, they're complaining sometimes. You know, they just they vent sometimes. Neither murmur. Somebody say, I ain't going to murmur. I ain't going to talk bad. Now, what, what that implication is, is it's really that they were talking bad about the ministry. Is the example in the word of God. So I, I, I know I walked into that light, you know, in shallow water there, but I've just dived all the way in. Okay? Don't complain, but furthermore, don't complain about the church. Your kids should not ever hear you say anything negative about this place. To them, 
they ought to think that every person that we have ever had in this place, past or present, is just the most beautiful and wonderful people ever. Amen. You ought to make sure you protect that because things happen. And pastors talked about it, about he's been cleaning some things. Listen, go back and listen again if you need to. Amen. There's no reason for us to spread information that's negative. There's no purpose. That's murmuring. And it's like a disease. Man, you know, I, I, I know it's the social media, whatever thing that they're like, man, people so worried about COVID, but they've been gossiping for a long time. And that's the real disease in the church, you know. You ever heard something? Maybe you haven't. Okay. I know it's a little cheesy, but hey, it's true. Have something good to say. Have something good to say. We love each other because we're the family of God. We're going to go to heaven together. And you know what? Let me tell you something. God, he can change us. And he is changing us. I, I, it's my desire to be more like him today than I was yesterday. And that ought to be your desire too. And that's all that it's about anyways. The Lord is with us. Somebody say, somebody say he's with us. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition. All right? So why am I talking about this? Because it's written for our admonition. Numbers 13 is to encourage and help you. It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible as well. You can find it there. You really can. Upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Amen. Just when you think you're on some solid ground, you're doing pretty good. That's when the rug gets pulled out from under you. That's how life is. Life will throw some curveballs at you. But you ought to be ready for them. Somebody say, I got to be ready. Amen. Amen. The spirits in this world, they want you to fall. They want you to have a bad report. You got to work hard to stay above sea level, so to speak. Amen. You got to have a Holy Ghost doggy paddle. If you're going to swim in this thing called life. Because I don't want to sink like a rock. I know I'm just throwing out a metaphor and you're like, okay, he's weird. Amen. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. He's going to give us a way out. Amen? You're going to have temptation come, child of God. 
Temptation to talk bad. Temptation to have negative thoughts. Amen? But you ought to know better than anybody. Amen? Because you've been redeemed. You've been bought with a price. And you're in this family that's going somewhere. And because we're going somewhere, it's worth us staying on board. It's worth us serving God. It's worth us taking great care with our Christian life. I reject those thoughts. You have to reject some things. Not everything you hear is good for you. You know, like, there's some restaurants I won't eat. Just because they serve food does not mean that you want to eat there. And it's different for all of you here. Some things just don't settle well for you. You know what I'm saying? You ought to have that intake of your mind that way. I hope I'm helping us think here in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because Paul wrote this. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen? Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. I preached about this. I preached a message called No Worries. And if you remember, I was talking about how I went to the island, and the island had no worries, bro. No worries, brother. You know, hang loose. That's what they, that's their, their anthem there. They, they actually do that to a fault. Amen. But in everything, have prayer and supplication. Supplication is your worship to God as well as your prayer. Make your request known to God. Just put it on God. Lord, I don't know why I'm stressed out like this, but Lord, can you help me? He will help you. Fear not. I'll strengthen you and I will help you. Amen. And then he says this, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, as Brother Matt would come, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a report, if there be any virtue. Wait, uh, wait, it said a good report. Wait, did it say a good report? Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on those things. Think on that list. Amen. You ever heard the, the saying that, you know, if you, if you woke up tomorrow only with the things that you thank God for yesterday, would you have anything? Would you have your spouse? Would you have your house? Would you have your kids? Would you have your dogs? You know, are you thankful? Amen. Do you think about these things that are good? That should be on our minds. Look what God is doing. Look what God is doing right now. God is doing powerful things right now.
God is awakening us. God is pouring out a revival even right now. Amen? Jesus said this to his disciples, and I talked about it at prayer also. So I'm, I'm sorry. We're just, we're just hitting all around this. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. Lift up your eyes. Open your eyes. Awake. Wake up. Look. Do you see it? Are you seeing it, child of God, as we would stand in this house? Are you seeing your victory? Caleb saw it. He said their defenses are falling down. Maybe he even saw the walls crumbling as they marched around the walls of Jericho. He knew those walls can't stand against my God. Maybe there's a family member you know, they have some walls. Do you see them crumbling down as they open up their heart to God? Amen. Maybe, maybe you have a burden for somebody. Maybe it's a coworker. And that coworker seems so against God. And you're asking the Lord, you're saying, Lord, like, why did you say them? Why, why, why them? But look, lift up your eyes. God can do it. I just believe if we were just a people that were just obedient to a fault, we could actually never fail. Amen? If we were just to trust God so much with such crazy faith, you know what he would do? He'd answer that faith. He'd meet that faith with his power, with his abundance. I come to tell us the Lord's with us. I hope, I hope you're hearing my, my spirit here today. We're a, you're a saint of God. You ought to know better than anybody. He's with us, and he can do anything. Come on, you ought to speak it for yourself. You ought to brag on God yourself. You know, I'm, I know we're so used to, to praying for ourselves. God, help me. God, use me. God, change me. God, do this for me. God, give me a million dollars. What if we just told the Lord, God, you're awesome. God, you're awesome. And I trust you. God, you're mighty. God, there's no battle you can't lose. God, I believe you're going to save my lost family. God, I believe you're going to save that coworker. God, I believe that you're going to do a work in this church. Come on. I wish that this church would just brag on God for a little while. And you would be able to speak a good report right now. Yeah, we might have enemies around us. Yeah, we might have things that are, that are trying to, to, to come up against us. But does anybody in this house have some faith? some faith as a child of God to say, I've seen you do it before. I've seen you move, Lord. I've seen you do things. And Lord, I know that you can do it again, Jesus. 
I know that you can make a way, Lord. Come on, would you make that your prayer in this house? Hallelujah, we don't need any more time. You don't need to hear my voice anymore. I, the, the Lord needs to hear your voice in this house. The Lord he needs to hear your proclamation in this house. Come on, there ought to be some preaching from the front to the back from some of the saints that are in this place that would proclaim the, the, the word of the Lord, that would proclaim, I see it, Jesus. I see the harvest. I see it, Lord. I see what you're doing, oh God. I see you're going to pour out your spirit in this place, even on Sunday. Hallelujah. Come on, is there anybody that's lifting up their eyes right now? Oh, is there anybody who'll prophesy in this house right now? In the name of Jesus. If so, I want to open these altars. I want to give us an opportunity. If you'll speak that with me, I want you to come to this front and I want you to proclaim the word of the Lord. Come on, I've seen you move. And I know you can do it, Lord. I know that you'll do it again, Jesus. I know that you can change things, Lord. I know that people can be saved in this house. Hallelujah. Even people I lay hands on can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, for these saints, God. Use them. Use their words, oh Lord. Use their words, Jesus. Help them to speak a good report, Lord. I believe it, oh God. I believe it for Winters. I believe it for Vacaville. I believe it for the city of Dixon. In the name of Jesus, I believe it for my old friends. I believe it for my family members. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.